0: Welcome back, Nature Nerds, to another episode where we're going to share some interesting stories of people in peril in nature. I feel like that was a new one. yeah? People in peril. Cautionary tales. I'm Jen, and I'm here with my good friend, Megan. She is going to be telling a story today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is our amazing intro. It's really good. Thank you. And then at the end, we're going to give some shout outs and uh, talk about some other stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to real quick before we start, tell you about a dream that I had.
0: Okay. This is (laughs) Megan and dreams. I just
1: always have had really vivid, crazy dreams you know about them well
0: usually uh it's like early in the morning and you'll send some recording a voice recording a of voice me. recording and you're like hey so i just had this dream <laughs> it was so crazy it was crazy it must be
1: because we do this podcast that i'm having this particular dream i can't wait to hear about it you were in it it was great your children were in it my child was nice in it. like it was the town square that i grew up in in noon georgia it, but it was a little different everything was white alabaster marble stuff instead mm-hmm. of like brick anyway and we we're walking. walking. Walking around, I was going to my house, but it happened to be up this hill that was a lot of vegetation was there. And I turned the corner, and there's like eight grizzly bears just all chilling out together. And I was like, "What?" And so I kind of like slowly backed away, and Uh I was like, "There are so many bears." And I turned around the next corner, and there was like a polar bear. And I was like, "Jesus, what is (laughs) happening?" And I was, I like ran into the town. So
0: totally different species of bears. Yeah,
1: everywhere, everywhere. And I ran into town, and I, you know, yelling at people at the gas station. I was like, "There's bears," and they're. Like, what are you talking about? And then there's just like bears. I mean, just all over the place. So many bears, all different kinds of bears. Hanging out. And I was like, we got to go into the town hall. And somehow we are hanging
0: from the clock tower. Yeah.
1: Just, I mean, and somehow we had set up a room or like, maybe we had an apartment or something
0: Uh in
1: the town courthouse. So we like, go we all. pod room into, yeah we, we all go into the courthouse mm-hmm. and the bears followed they were like all right we're going in the courthouse now i mean just bears everywhere and and then we had gone outside to help with something and there was a group of small children like kindergartners uh, going into the the courthouse and we were like
0: no there's the bears bear in there. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: No one got eaten or attacked. That's good. But it was just just bears. They're friendly over the bears. There are maybe. I mean, there was one that was a little bit menacing. Maybe they escaped like a circus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say. Let's just say that whole town was uh, what's it called, a conservation like rescue area right. for bears. Yeah. Right.
0: I am picturing like when you're talking about a town square, mm-hmm. it makes me think of like the Back to the Future town square. Oh yes,
1: yeah, hundred percent. That's that's all mm-hmm. I can picture right now. Now. That's close enough. That's perfect. Yeah. That's basically the town square that I grew up, the town that I grew up in. And you're so like, like on that. a skateboard? I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, roller skates, but okay. close enough. Close enough. But yeah, that's. I had it this morning. I had woken up at some ungodly hour, looked at our Instagram, probably <laughs> wrote someone some weird message back. <laughs>
0: like you do.
1: Like I do. I went back to sleep and I had this crazy dream about bears and I just wanted to share it with you and our audience. I wish I would have some dreams. That's that not a bad dreams. dream. That's not pretty
0: a bad That's dream. Good. It's interesting. And it's, it's yeah. kind of funny that our podcast is Entering your dreams in that way—it's true. I was
1: surprised that none of our kids were worried at all. They were just like, "Oh yeah, it's a bear.
0: Yeah, I'm, what's the big deal, mom?" And
1: I'm like, "Do you not listen to the podcast? It's very important. <laughs> we keep our distance
0: from those animals." So, listen, this is what you do when mm-hmm. you're near a bear, right? Um, I have a little short thing to say. It's been a really busy week for both Megan and I with work and all kinds of things. Yeah. Like real, <laughs> real, real, real busy time. Just constant, constant. Yeah. So I've been working just a lot of hours mm-hmm. kind of in front of a computer doing it's, a lot of different it's things end of the fiscal year that's why end of the fiscal the physical year the physical <laughs> <laughs> and so i had i was talking to my 10 year old daughter she's just a lovely individual she is and i was talking to her and i was like you know i'm really sorry i've been working so much and i haven't i feel like i haven't had time mm-hmm. to spend with you and your sister yeah. and you know usually we spend more time together just hanging out i was like but once i get through this section of things i'll you know we'll hang out more. Yeah. But I really apologize.
1: My son came in and was like, Mom, why aren't you hanging out with me anymore? And I was like, get away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's you different know, parenting styles. Different strokes for different folks. Anyway, so I was telling her that. And you know what she said to me? She said, I think you being my mom is enough. Oh. <gasps> What the freaking A? I know. I was like. I love her so much. I was like, like, I might cry. And she's like, please don't cry. I was like, oh my God, that's the sweetest thing. And that's like, so
1: your kid. Yeah. Where you're like, I might cry. And she's like, please don't.
0: Yeah. Because
1: she's like me. She's like, don't make this uncomfortable. Let's just, you know. I'm just saying this because it's the truth.
0: It was really sweet. Let's move on. I'm just saying. That's. It's like when kids, you know, having kids is paying off. Right? There you go. (laughs) This have a kid thing, you know, because they're little, you raise, you know, you just spend so much time trying to teach them to not be horrible humans. Yeah. And then when they say something sweet like that, you're like, wow, I'm making a really awesome human right now. You are. She's going
1: to have the best Halloween costume. I'm really excited. Yeah, she's,
0: we just got her Halloween costume. (laughs) I don't even know what it is, but Megan knows.
1: Yeah, Nezuko from Demon Slayer.
0: So cool. Anyway. (laughs) I'm just like whatever, get it, but don't watch that show. That cool. was my little side note. Oh, I love it. I know. That's so I thought, it was, I thought it was really sweet. Yeah. That's so why I waited. I, I hadn't told Megan. I was just sharing it now. Aww. Megan, I have some science news if you'd like to I hear ready it. For and this if everybody news. would like out there would like to hear it, I think Let's we're done it. with our chitty chats. I actually have two stories I found this week. There's actually a, a lot more. And people have been sending us some stories and like science news or mm-hmm. full stories. Yeah. And we got all those. We're going to talk about them. We had a mini meeting. We did. But I already had these two for today. So just mm-hmm. hold on to yourselves wherever you want to hold yourself and just wait (laughs) (laughs) and just wait because they'll come up later this wasn't going to be my science news it's just some horrific news that involves an alligator megan
1: i know how you feel
0: i mean i know i talk about alligators and crocodiles a lot but i'm saying i'm not the one putting them in the news like they're doing it themselves right you know they are what they are god Mm -hmm. made them the way they are (laughs) And it is what it is, but I just... They're so scary. We all know that Hurricane Ida was terrible. Yeah. You know, it affected a lot of people in terrible ways. But let me just tell you that a 71-year-old man in Louisiana, he was presumed to be killed by a 500 pound alligator what happened is a 12 foot 500 pound alligator and this was in avery estates near uh, slidell it's a city which is located on you're gonna have to help me out with this one poncho train
1: like train
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Lake Mm -hmm. Pontchartrain. I knew you would know it. It's across from New Orleans. His wife had heard a lot of commotion outside. And they're in their... I don't know. He's 71. I'm not sure how old his wife is. Heard a lot of commotion. She came out. She witnessed the attack. She went to help her husband. She pulled him out of the water. The floodwaters. Floodwaters. Okay. Pulled him out. Was going to get some first aid. And realized that the alligator had bitten off his arm. And so she's just like, oh my God. She's freaking out. She jumps. They have a small boat boat and she jumped on the small boat to try to get to higher ground so she could get help Mm because she realized the severity of the situation when she came back with help he was no longer found (gasps) oh no i know after this horrific event they went looking for this alligator they did catch an alligator in one of their traps and they said that and this is a quote from the sheriff's office once the alligator was searched it was discovered to have what appears to be human remains inside the stomach Mm. i'm like you mean when it was necropsied right you don't you don't so. excuse me, sir. Could you just open your mouth for a
1: moment right. so I can just check inside, yeah, yeah,
0: sounds like they found what they thought in the area, what they thought would be oh. an alligator big enough to probably cause that kind of damage and yeah. kill a full grown man. So they're still trying to identify if that if, if those remains belong to this poor guy. Geez. I mean, his poor family, so our hearts go out to that family. That's yeah. just horrific. And I'm telling you, this is why I'm so scared of alligators. It's true.
1: They come out Sorry. of uh, like nowhere. I mean, floodwaters.
0: Floodwaters. These I people, mean, given they
1: were living on like Ponte Train, but still.
0: You know, they're already having a terrible time with the mm-hmm. hurricane and the floods and, you know, and then for this to happen,
1: Yeah. In situations like that where emergency services are probably being taxed already. Yeah. On top of everything. COVID Mm -hmm. and storms and all the things. Yep. There's a lot
0: going on right now.
1: The world.
0: Yes. I just saw that and I was like, please no. My actual science news that I was going to talk about today is... Really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, but I love it. All right. So, some of you may have seen this story in the Washington Post this past week about a Kansas boy. He had entered a bug collection at the Kansas State Fair. And this was about a week ago. And they're all dead specimens, right? So right, right. What they realized is one of his. Insects he was showcasing was the spotted lanternfly, Lycorma delicatula. Cool. And this is an invasive species oh, no. that has been causing a lot of problems in the eastern United States. No infestations had made it farther west than uh, southeastern Indiana. So and now we're all the way in Kansas. And they're like, oh, shit.
1: They're like, did you go to the East Coast to get this?
0: (laughs) Where did you get this? And so what happened is he had found it dead already, but on his porch. Oh, no. So he collected it. I mean, it's a good find. They were really shocked and trying to figure out how an adult spotted lanternfly ended up 850 miles from the nearest known infestation.
1: Someone was driving cross country. And it got stuck in the windshield.
0: Yeah. the so like <laughs> a windshield thing. Yeah. So even though they have wings mm-hmm. and they're really pretty... Spotted. But it has these little red portion of its wings. It's really a pretty, a pretty little thing. Even though they have wings, the adults don't fly far. But they are effective hitchhikers. And residents in quarantine counties are encouraged to inspect vehicles and goods for transport to make sure neither the insects nor the eggs are aboard mm. So they actually have like videos about this and they try to talk to people about this. I'm sure a lot of the like cross country trucks, they have yeah. to inspect and do some sort of biosecurity inspection before they can travel. It does feed on a variety of crops, including oh. grapes, apples, hops. Oops! everybody. You don't want to lose your beer. Come on. (laughs) Walnuts and hardwood trees. The waste it excretes encourages a fungal growth called sooty mold. Oh. Yeah. That sounds gross. Which can kill plants by blocking sunlight from reaching their leaves. Experts fear the continued spread of spotted lanternflies could severely hurt the country's grape orchard and logging industries for sure. Man. I looked it up real quick, like the spotted lantern fly is, they call it a plant hopper indigenous to parts of China, India and Vietnam, but it spread invasively to Japan, South Korea and the US in the 2000s. I mean, that's kind of a bummer, right? It's a yeah. bummer that they, but they were wondering like how they hadn't seen any other ones and no one had reported any other ones. So how did this one dead one end up mm. on this kid's porch? Yeah. It didn't really make a lot of sense. And they said that the presence of one specimen doesn't, equate an infestation, but definitely they're going to you know, see if they find any other ones and probably have people out really looking now. That kid's a liar. <laughs> he went to another He didn't want to tell his parents. But, yeah. He went to Jersey. He's like, listen, I hopped a plane. <laughs> I hopped over to Jersey for the weekend. But the coolest thing about all of this that I love, and even the judges were excited about, yeah. is that there's a kid really interested in, in entomology. I was gonna say, that's some citizen science shit, and he's so young. And yeah, they don't say his name on yeah. in this article. Maybe the parents wanted to hold that back, but it's he a boy, a kid. That I love because there needs to be more entomologists Yes. There needs to be more plant pathologists. True that. There's a lot of invasive stuff spreading around and we need more people. Working on that. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. More people in the biosecurity field. He won second place, I believe. Oh. He got a blue ribbon. I'm like, give the kid the first place.
1: I know, right? What got first place? It doesn't say. Just someone's volcano.
0: (laughs) This is (laughs) a volcano. This was a 4-H.
1: Oh yeah. I wish I could go back and tell my young self, like just join 4-H. I know. Just do it. I know, right? You're going to love
0: I just wanted to say what they said, that it's the excitement of a kid learning about their world, putting it on display, and sure enough, they discovered something that adults were like, wow, this is really important for us to be aware of. He has alerted us to a threat we weren't aware of, and we're really thankful.
1: Good job, the boy.
0: The super cool entomologist boy.
1: (sighs) Who got second place. F those judges.
0: He's got first place in my heart. Yeah. (laughs) That's my science news, Megan. I like that science. That's a great science news. So we kind of went from a really tragic thing that horrifies me and i feel like horrifies everybody i know there's a lot of people who really are into alligators and crocodiles and those things and they maybe one day i'll hear from somebody and they'll be like listen jen anyway megan
1: are you ready jen
0: i'm so ready i'm ready to hear the story
1: let me start us out with a story from 1999 it's 1999 jen
0: Do you want me to sing some prints right now?
1: I was going to... You know what? I'm
0: not going to do it.
1: I could have made a request.
0: It's just going to get cut.
1: (laughs) This is a headline. A Bozeman man was attacked and killed near Red Lodge. So This is Bozeman, Montana. So maybe Victoria knows about this because Montana.
0: Because Montana. Victoria. Let us know.
1: Carbon County Sheriff Luke Schroeder said search and rescue teams found the battered body of Brian Edwards, 42, on Sunday morning about 50 yards from the cabin where he was staying with his family and friends. Edwards had blunt force injuries to his head, and the area surrounding his body had been trampled as if by a large animal. Judging from the scene, it looked like a moose attacked him, Schroeder said. A large wounded bull moose was reportedly spotted not far from the scene. Search teams were also chased from the area by a cow and calf. Edwards left the cabin 12 miles south of Red Lodge about 3 p.m. Saturday, telling his family he would return within an hour. The family reported him missing just after 7 p.m. Schroeder said, Anglers, hikers, and campers frequently see moose in the Beartooth Mountains, especially near water. A lot of people think they are... A real docile creature, Schroeder said, but there's a time when they can be very aggressive. This is the worst time of the year because they are in rut. In rut. They're in heat. They're getting it on.
0: I don't know that term, in rut.
1: I don't know where I learned that. I'm totally just going off of memory. I don't actually know. I never looked up, but I'm pretty sure in rut means... Oh, makes sense. Mating season. Doing it. It's a moose episode. Finally. A listener had contacted us, Sarah Delan or Delen, maybe, Delenn, maybe D E L E N N. She is a fan of the podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. And she started listening this summer while she was doing field work. And her field work is currently raising moose calves for a research facility. That's got to be adorable. Yeah, uh, and and it's not like the research facility like they're doing anything to them. It's it's like a research facility where they're taking care of these animals, doing research on them. Like not you know putting lipstick on them or something.
0: <laughs> it's not like <laughs> yeah, putting like tinfoil hats on them.
1: Right, and they're living in the woods, like in an area at a natural habitat. Yes, not a lab,
0: like a conservation
1: area. Yes, thank you. So she was saying that she likes lis- listening to our podcast because it's a perfect thing to listen to when you're out for days alone in the woods. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) that made me laugh (laughs) she attached a couple videos of some moose calf barks and distress cries so i am going to play those a little later when we talk about calves but thank you so much sarah and we hope you enjoy this episode that's our shout out to you thanks sarah so we're going to talk about moose uh the scientific name of moose alces alces i think i'm saying that right i don't know alces a l c e s twice they are mammals they're herbivores these Mm -hmm. are very i feel like things people know. Their group name is just a herd because they're in the same family as deer, Mm -hmm. but they're solitary. So I'm not really sure. I guess if you see them together, they would be a herd, but typically they're not together. So their average lifespan in the wild is 15 to 20 years, and they are the largest members of the deer family. They can weigh up to 1,800 pounds. There are four different species in North America, the Eastern moose, the Shiras moose, the Alaskan moose, which is the one that Sarah works with, and the Northwestern moose. Uh, The largest moose is the Alaskan moose, and you can tell the species apart by their size and antler shape. They can grow to be five, anywhere from five to like seven feet from hooves to shoulders. Mm -hmm. Um, And that does not include their raised head or antlers. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, I saw one in Alaska.
1: The adult males have distinctive palmate or open hand shaped antlers. I mean, I'm sure everyone can kind of like picture a moose in their brain. If not, go Google it. Moose have long faces and muzzles that dangle over their chins, and they have a flap of skin known as a bell that sways beneath their throat. All mooses have that. Moose? All mooses. Yeah. (laughs) Their hooves are pretty wide. They work like snowshoes to keep them balanced in swampy areas and during winter in the snow. And like I said, they don't form herds. They are solitary animals. They like being alone, except for like calves with their moms. You know yeah, I mean? they live in boreal forests and temperate broadleaf and mixed forests of the northern hemisphere in temperate to subarctic climates. So they're kind of cool in the cooler areas.
0: They're cool in the cooler areas. They're cool in the cooler areas. Being cool. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> hunting and other human activities have caused a reduction in the size of the moose's range over time, but it has been reintroduced to some of its former habitats. Most moose occur in Canada, Alaska, and New England, with Maine having the most, uh, as far as like the lower forty-eight mm-hmm. states go. New York State, Fenos. Scandia? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's Scandinavia. Okay. The Baltic States, Poland, and Russia. Just a little side note, in like... Two thousand and one or two thousand, maybe. I went to Maine. Uh, It it was like a very rare family vacation, and I went to Maine. About this, did we? And I really wanted to see a moose so bad, and we never saw one.
0: Oh, I think we talked about when we were talking about the AT Appalachian Trail. We were talking about you going to Mm Sugarloaf. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, I did eventually get my picture taken with a moose statue. This like brass moose statue, which was really cool, but. After reading about Moose, I'm like... I'm kind of happy we didn't see one.
0: I went to Alaska. My kids were very small at the time, mm-hmm. less than a year for one of them. And the other one was like four. All the way from Guam to Alaska, because my husband was there doing some work for a while with the Forest Service. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, I was like, eh. <laughs> just like take the kids. Anyway, and I saw a moose, like kind of close to where they were staying, the housing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it was a moose. And he's like, don't go close. Just stay, just go inside and stay, just wait. Like don't let do it, go. it and it was huge ginormous and so he learned a lot about the animals there coming yeah since he's an islander right yeah. so he learned all the things <laughs> and he learned that remember we talked about the wolves oh yeah that's right aren't really aggressive i mean they're not gonna right. like attack you yeah they just run away moose are moose, not the same who, you, who we thought were just like you just go up and pet them like a horse or that whatever that is not the case it's not the case <laughs> Moose have
1: been hunted from the Stone Age and in Scandinavia. There are still remnants of hunting pits, which is actually, it's exactly what you think it is a hunting pit. It's just like a pit covered with something that makes it, you know, so not visible in. so they fall in. Yeah. Nice. Of course, it's got to be really deep because they're so freaking big. Um, and it has to have really steep sides so they can't climb out. You'd think a lot of things would fall in that. Apparently, it is the most effective way to hunt moose since oh, really? 3700 BC.
0: What do they know? <laughs> There's no need for new technology. Just dig <laughs> just <pick> a pit. <laughs> just Dig a pit, cover it up. Moose you, will fall in. You would catch people. I, you would catch right any kind of like animals. A lot of heavy squirrels. Enough.
1: Oh yeah, heavy enough to fall through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, moose meat tastes. Henry David Thoreau tells us in the Maine Woods, like tender beef with perhaps more flavor, something like a veal. And I'm like, hmm, okay. All right. Good to know. Side note, and Wikipedia had a whole section on this, if you eat moose offal, so like liver and kidneys, and I only know offal offal or offal, O-F-F-A-L.
0: Oh, oh, okay, not like A-W-F-U-L.
1: Yeah, I no, not know, O-F-F-A-L. I'm pretty sure I have only heard that word from when I was watching Hannibal, the series Hannibal, and he makes it. (laughs) Oh. Like that That's how I know it. Liver and kidneys. Um, So you can't, it's prohibited in some places because of the high levels of cadmium which is in all of the meat, but in, you know, liver and kidneys, it's more concentrated. It can cause fatigue, which is somehow, sometimes called cadmium blues, headaches, nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramps, diarrhea, and fever.
0: Oh, it sounds like the vitamin A yes. issue. Yeah. But in this case, With it's the cadmium. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think just don't eat livers. Avoid livers in right? general. Just
1: don't do it. Even though I heard that they're very good. Is that sweetbreads? Are livers sweetbreads? they called sweetbreads? Someone will answer this. I'm, there, there's another name for okay i think i could be wrong yuck anyway so i mentioned that they are herbivores they eat shrubs woody plants and aquatic vegetation so they hang out in aquatic areas a lot swampy areas uh, they eat 73 pounds a day in the summer and 34 pounds in the winter because in winter it's winter and there isn't a lot of available food they usually eat buds of plants or like what's it called bark on trees
0: right so they jam so it down just in the like summer yeah
1: so just like deer same mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. moose are formidable opponents with sharp hooves that can kick with a tremendous force a pack of wolves or a black bear could not take down a healthy adult moose because oh, of these like things. Like, only
0: like a calf or
1: usually predators will pick off young, sick, or old. A bigger threat to them, other than like predators, are parasites. Oh. So fun. They can get brainworm. Ooh! Yeah, it's a parasite contracted from eating snails. Obviously, moose aren't eating snails on purpose, but they're eating aquatic vegetation, which Mm -hmm. have snails. They accidentally ingest the snails, and then the larvae migrate to the moose's brain and cause neurological (gasps) damage. Yuck. Yeah.
0: I wonder if they have, like, crazy time before they would die. You know? Which might make them attack people. It's possible. I'm just, I'm (laughs) theorizing here. Somebody who knows... Tell us. Sarah, let us know. I feel like she's going to fill us in on all the things.
1: Yeah, I feel like Sarah's going to listen to this and she's going to be like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's okay. Let me just correct all these things.
0: She's writing
1: us. It's like ah, she's listening to this. We'll have a corrections corner. (laughs) (laughs) Next week. Next week. (laughs) All right. So winter ticks are another threat to moose. They're mostly a nuisance, but they are known to carry disease. All right. Let's talk about some mating. Males have giant antlers. Uh, They're used for fighting. So they typically don't use, like I mentioned, they use their hooves for other situations and we'll talk about that like later like defensive running. stuff Defe- like Trying. attacking yeah. attacking wise but they usually <laughs> don't fight over mates with their hooves they fight with their antlers the antlers can be six feet from end to end and can weigh up to about 40 pounds wow every year they shed the paddles so on the outside of the antlers just like with deer they have like that velvet
0: yeah that fuzzy full of,
1: yeah the fuzzy stuff and it's full of blood vessels so after mating they, they like scrape it off on trees Mm-hmm. and it's just like a gore fest just Ew. like yeah
0: I wonder if it feels good there's like oh yeah let's get it off
1: yeah I bet it does I bet it, it does feel good probably. I bet you're right so, and then they regrow it again for the next October. And antlers are a great way to age a moose. They go from nubs to spikes to full racks. Bulls in their prime are between five and eight years old, and they have the largest racks. <laughs> well, a juvenile. That's what it... <laughs> Didn't you write, that we were talking about something, and I was like, so-and-so said this, and you were like, you're a juvenile.
0: Yes. It's true. This past week, I think.
1: Oh, someone was talking about boobies. Red, yeah, like red-footed, red-footed boobies. boobies. And you're yeah. like,
0: he said boobies. He said boobies, and I was like, you're, no, he was talking about juvenile boobies. Yeah. And you're like, you said boobies. And I was like, you're a juvenile.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, with old age, the antlers can become more deformed and less impressive.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah. Don't we all just get more deformed and less less impressive impressive (laughs) as we get older? (laughs) 100% 100% I'm, I'm feeling that
1: bulls which are the males will bellow loudly to attract mates each September and October after getting it on with the cows those are the females the mating pair will go their separate ways until the following year and I thought this was hilarious though they may occasionally feed in the same grounds they tend to ignore each other so they're just like no pillow it on. talk yeah no pillow talk there's yeah. get this done they go to the watering hole you know and like across the pond is like their baby daddy Yeah. And they're like, no, it's not the time.
0: I got your number. I'll call you. They just ghost each other.
1: Uh, Females give birth to one or two calves in the spring. Uh, Typically, they weigh around 30 pounds. These calves grow quickly and can outrun a person by the time they are just five days old. Wow. I know. That's impressive. Young moose will stay with their mothers until the following mating season. So, Or about a year and a half, I read. There's another place that said a year and a half. So fun. And now I want to play some moose calls for you that Sarah sent to us. And these are different sounds that moose calves make so these are all the calves think these are all just calves yeah looking for moms
0: like mom is
1: it like does it sound like that Sarah said the videos are actually of moose calf barks or distress cries she sent it because she was saying that after she started her job she found out just how few people actually know what the cries sound like they cry when they're hungry if they get too far from their moms as like a hey I'm here sound so other calves or moose don't get too into their personal space stuff like that and just just you know the calves that she recorded in here mm-hmm. they're perfectly fine they're just recently orphaned and looking for their moms that's kind of the sad part to it but they're oh. not like distressed i mean they're they're just kind of looking for mom why are they
0: orphaned are there ones that they found I, or yeah okay they're yeah. like rescue
1: cats. i am assuming so Aww. yeah uh sarah can clarify that for us <laughs> all right so here we go it's so sad
0: it's like meh meh
1: All right, and here is the second video, and and this one actually has a video with like you can see the moose. I'm gonna see if we can try and post it on our thing. Okay, yeah.
0: Oh, so sad. That is very sad.
1: Pika's looking concerned over there.
0: She's super concerned. She's like, what?
1: Saber does not care at all. He's like, still asleep.
0: give me that baby moose calf. I'll take care of it. It'll be be fine. She's like, I know I only weigh six pounds, but I got this.
1: She also sent us a couple quick moose facts. There was a bull moose in Anchorage, Alaska, who liked to eat fermented apples and staggered around drunk. Wow. Fun, fun, fun. (laughs) And also moose get heat stressed. So so, someplace in the 50 50 degree Fahrenheit, but studies done down to negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit show no signs of cold stress. Isn't that crazy? So they can get heat stress. Yeah, they're just like ready. They're ready for it. Yeah. They know what's up. Too bad that uh, everything's getting warmer. Not good. But yeah, thank you, Sarah, for sending those cool sounds and videos. And we'll try and get them posted up. Amazing. All right. So let's talk about some fun facts. Fun facts time. Fun facts. Uh, Moose of all ages are innately gifted swimmers, and they can swim up to six miles per hour, which we had posted that moose video from the guy from TikTok. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he mentioned that as well. Um, Uh, They can also submerge completely, staying under for 30 seconds or more. Really? Yeah, they can dive. I did not know any of that. On land, they can run up to 35 miles an hour over short distances, and they trot steadily at 20 miles an hour. So they can just trot and attack. A hundred percent, yeah. Their center of mass is above the hood of most passenger cars. So sadly, if there is a crash, if you get into a crash with a moose, the probability of your survival goes down pretty far. In fact, in terms of like death by moose, this is the most common. So the moose would survive. Moose would survive. Because they could just like roll off your car. Yeah, I think it's only like 3% of moose are killed this way.
0: But you, because the moose like hits yeah
1: your or the moose's center of gravity is so much higher yeah it just falls down it crushes the front roof beams and individuals in the front seat even if they're wearing seat belts, even if they have airbags it's not going to help them wow yeah not a lot of people get injured or killed by moose every year right but when they do it's you know
0: your chances of getting struck by lightning
1: we really need to do a lightning episode yes, we and we keep saying that mm-hmm. if you're in a truck or an suv you're not going to have the same you know because you're higher up mm-hmm. so a little bit Bit more protection
0: but then it's worse for the moose
1: yeah, there's a development of a vehicle test referred to as the moose test. I guess in areas where moose collisions are common, so like mm-hmm. Sweden, Germany, Alaska, whatever, they do like moose tests on cars. To Not s- with a live moose. Not with a live moose. Right. Yeah, or live people, obviously. <laughs> there are moose warning signs. They're used on roads and regions where there is a danger of collision with moose. And this is kind of a fun little fact that there are triangular warning signs in Sweden, Norway, and Finland. They're like really cool looking like they say coveted coveted souvenirs and tourists would come and take them and so road authorities in those areas sweden or in finland decided to replace those like kind of cool signs with like generic warning signs with no images of moose
0: lame they could just electrify them the signs (laughs) like the
1: the moose or the signs
0: (laughs) the signs Absolutely. There you go,
1: tourists. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about moose danger to people. Okay, a little bit more about that and safety. So some people say that like moose are more dangerous than bears, but that's not entirely true in terms of their behavior. Like moose are, they're more common than bears in areas where moose are found. So if, for instance, you're in Alaska, the moose population there can exceed one hundred and seventy-five thousand. The chance of you running into a moose versus a bear. Yeah, I guess it would just depend higher. on where you are. Yeah, you know, like moose can't rip you open with their hooves necessarily. They can cause a lot of damage, but it's not the same kind of attack as like a bear with right. teeth and claws and things. Yes. So moose outnumber bears nearly three to one in Alaska, and they wound, not kill, wound around five to 10 people annually annually. Alaska that's more than grizzly bear and black bear attacks combined
0: really Mm -hmm. just for Alaska though just for Alaska okay
1: yeah I didn't I focus on Alaska for this because the story I'm going to tell is in Alaska okay yeah Uh, moose do not confront people unless they are provoked so they especially dislike dogs because dogs run up and bark at them in winter months moose have been known to come to human areas and eat trash because obviously people are developing areas that are in moose habitat that sounds like bears too Feeding a moose can make them more dangerous. If you feed one and it comes back to eat and you don't have food again or enough food, they might attack you. Listen, last week you gave me four ham sandwiches. I mean, not that they would eat ham, but you know what I mean? Right. Four salads. And now there's only three. Now I'm going to bust you up. Right. Yeah. Where are my carrots? So it's such a common issue that people will feed moose and then later get attacked by that same moose that's coming <gasps> back to eat. It's such a common issue that Alaska has made moose feeding a misdemeanor, carrying a maximum penalty of one year in prison and a
0: $10,000 fine. Oh my gosh. Yep. That's steep. Hey, how did you get in here? Like you're in jail. Somebody's <laughs> like, yeah, I st- you know I stole a vehicle and beat up some guys. And this guy's like, I fed a moose. I fed a moose. That's insane. It's insane.
1: Typically they're not aggressive towards people mm-hmm. unless they're provoked. Um, but they're not afraid of humans. So like you know when you're walking in the woods and you see a deer and it like freaking takes off because it's scared of you, moose are not like that. They're like I'm a moose. They're
0: like I am so much bigger than you, a uh, weak
1: human. Yeah. So this lack of fear makes it more tempting for people to approach them, to try to feed them, pet with pet them, play with them, that kind of stuff. But like most other animals, moose will defend their young and their territory if they feel threatened. So there are some reasons why they're going to attack you if it's like mating season, if they're, you know, they have a, a young okay. with them, or if you're in their area, they don't want you to be there, really anything. And then just to reiterate, they can run up to 30 miles an hour. So you're not going to outrun them. Like you, if you walk up You're to not, a moose, no, and you, no. you know, that's not yeah. going to happen. OK, so seven signs of a possible attack from a moose. Some information before we get to the seven signs of an attack. In late spring, early summer, when a cow has her young calf with her uh-huh. and she might feel it's endangered, that's a time that they might attack you. In the fall, when a breeding bull, a male, is feeling competitive, competitive and agitated, they might attack you.
0: When he's in rut, in he's rut, rutting.
1: Yeah. In the winter, when they're hungry and tired from walking in deep snow, they can attack you. So basically all the time, except for summer. But then summer, you don't know. Maybe you're in their way.
0: And you didn't give them another snack. Yeah. So they're going to attack you. Or you look like that other person that gave them some food. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Mist identification. <laughs> Don't let your twin feed
1: moose. <laughs> all right. So, here are the seven body language signs that the moose is going to attack you. Number one, the moose stops eating and stares at you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. I know. I know. All of these I laughed at. It's that like you're a stick. Like, somebody took a bite of their sandwich and then slowly stops and it's just staring at you. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> so, oh, it's
1: so good. Sorry. Uh, number two, lays back its ears and raises the hair on its hump, neck, or hips. Yeah, t- totally. Done. Like, anything like a that does that yeah. to you,
0: a dog, uh, anything, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Number three,
1: smacks or licks its lips <laughs> and clicks its teeth.
0: I feel like I do all these things. <laughs> If I had hack like cackles, <laughs> cackles. Right. if I could do that, like raise on, the hair, on your cackles on your cockles, <laughs> yeah, whatever it's called, yeah, yeah. If I could do that,
1: number four lowers its head and walks towards you. Yes. Yep. <laughs> number
0: five. Number five. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but it's funny. It's so good already. I'm sorry. Just like stop eating and stare. Stop eating I say do that to my kids. Puts
1: his ears back. Number five, urinates. Just sit with that for a moment. Well,
0: I mean. It doesn't say where it urinates, just urinates. It's just like staring at you. It's holding its sandwich, like half eaten sandwich. Just staring peas. at you. All the hairs are up, the ears are back, and it's just like the leg just lifts. <laughs> Number five, shows the whites of his eyes. Oops. Like, I'm serious, man.
1: Like, <laughs> like just super white eyes. Uh, number six, whips its head back like a horse. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're laughing, but all of this sounds frightening. I think I got the numbers off. That was number seven.
0: Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The last thing they say is, but sometimes it might not even show these signs at all. They might just charge without warning. Moose, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So what can you do, Jen, to practice moose safety? First thing is best way to avoid moose attack is to not put yourself in a situation where a moose may become aggressive. And here are some tips to make sure you don't just do that. Just keep your
0: distance. That's number one. Jen. I See, it's because we've been number... doing this podcast and I'm so smart. <laughs> (laughs) now that's number one watch
1: moose from a safe distance give them their space
0: give them their space yeah
1: number two if you come across one on a trail consider
0: changing directions or just backing off Uh, i highly consider that yeah just do it don't even consider it just turn around and go the other way they can't Uh, climb trees can they no Yeah, Yeah, but a lot of those trees out there are not easily climbable. (laughs)
1: Um, And then according to Christine Rines, who's a wildlife biologist with New Hampshire Fish and Game and New Hampshire's state moose program director, she warns that if you're causing the moose to change its behavior, you're too close. She says, quote, you should be far enough away to get behind the nearest tree before a galloping horse could get there. Oh, yeah. That's like the distance you should be. Yeah. Yep, yep. This one we kind of already talked about. Don't feed a moose because they can get aggressive if you don't give them as much food as they expect. (laughs) Expectations, man. Listen, they want more than your cliff bar, all right? Yeah. Uh, They may even attack those people who aren't feeding it. So, like, let's say you and I went on a hike and I wanted to feed it. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Thank you. I'm like, let me give you this cliff bar. The moose is like, this isn't enough. Now I'm going to attack your friend. Not cool.
0: And I'm like, I didn't even feed you because I don't want to go to jail for a year.
1: The next thing is don't walk between a cow and a and her calf. I feel like that is uh, common sense. Common sense. Okay. If we're talking about the vehicle collision okay. if a moose crosses your path while you're driving let it cross. Mm-hmm. If you try to move the moose it may attack your car. Drive slower at night in moose inhabited areas so you don't hit one. It's
0: like you're physically out of your car like <laughs> <laughs> trying to move it. I think they're saying like, <laughs> like if you're trying to move as it hard with as you your, can. With right, your but, car. Yeah yeah you. yeah but still. <laughs> but it was just funny, funnier to think about somebody getting <laughs> yeah. not physically trying to move it <laughs> yeah. and the moose is like really? Dude
1: I i'm 1800 pounds are you i'm seven feet tall
0: can you please stop give me a
1: break keep your dog close or on a leash moose often confuse dogs for wolves a natural predator
0: totally Yep. there
1: you go dogs come from wolves so there it is do they
0: just
1: kidding i know does my dog i'm looking
0: at our dogs (laughs) (laughs) stretch that's a stretch (laughs) Uh,
1: if you come across a moose show respect don't make loud noises don't chase don't harass the moose
0: Hello, kind sir. Let me back up and go the other way. I'm going to leave now.
1: Uh, what to do if you're attacked? So number one, back off and run. Mm-hmm. Get behind the nearest tree, fence, or building that acts as a strong barrier between you and the moose. And I think we had someone recently yes. send us a video of a man who was, i was it in Alaska? And I, he, he, well, he it's went out. snowy. Yeah, it's snowy. He went out to his, what's it called, shed mm-hmm. and was going in, putting stuff away. And this this like bull moose, huge. it looks like huge, just kind of walking into his yard. He just
0: lumbers over. Yeah,
1: and he's like, oh, what is this? Like, I love the part the guy's like putting the lock or so he's like closing the door he's back. Like, nope. <laughs> and he turns around and he's like, oh shit. And he just like walks very calmly.
0: Yeah, he just, he just walks right back in
1: and closes the door and then the moose goes up to the door, sniffs around and then leaves. Well, one of our followers Tim,
0: thank yes. you so much for yeah, sharing so I that video. I did actually uh repost that in a story, but because nice. Yeah,
1: because well, it's good. So that guy followed exactly what you should do. Get something between you and the moose. Some kind of barrier.
0: And I imagine 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 people in that part of the world are used to it and they Mm -hmm. know what to do. Yeah. So that guy was like, okay, I better go back. People like me or anybody from anywhere else that are never around Moose (laughs) would go to Alaska or some of these places or Montana and you might be like, oh, look, it's so beautiful. Do you (laughs) want some of my cliff bar and then
1: Uh, and then it's no good so let's say the moose does get to you and knocks you to the ground the first thing you should do is curl up into a ball it might continue running it might start stomping or kicking you so either way (laughs) curling up will protect your head and your vital organs
0: but you're supposed to do that with kind of anything right I think like so. Like, just yeah, try to yeah. cover your head.
1: I think that's a little bit instinctual. You yes, know what I mean?
0: Just fetal position.
1: For sure. Don't get up until the moose moves a good distance away. If you try to get up while the moose is close, it could attack you again. Ugh, Curl yeah. up in a ball and wait until it's over. Opossums um, have it. Yeah.
0: They know what to do. They just know what's up. Dead.
1: The best way to avoid a moose attack is by learning and taking preventative measures before you go to the outdoors. Mm-hmm. So. I mean,
0: that's why you're listening to this podcast. Exactly. I mean, of course, you just want to hear our banter, but so I'm going to
1: tell you a story. And this story is from January 9th, 1995. This is from the Anchorage Daily News. The headline for this article is witnesses say students harassed cow, calf, for hours. Oh. Mm. Well, I don't like that. This is by Peter S. Goodman. He's a daily news reporter for the Anchorage Daily News.
0: Okay.
1: A 71-year-old Anchorage man died at Providence Hospital Monday evening after a cow moose trampled him in front of a sports center at the University of Alaska Anchorage. The moose stomped Myung Chin Ra repeatedly, kicking him, stepping away, then cutting back to kick some more. The attack caused multiple fractures and internal bleeding, hospital officials say. Witnesses said that the moose and her yearling calf had been feeding and sleeping in the area all day. They said students had been harassing the animals for several hours. There were people standing around throwing snowballs, yelling, whistling, shouting, trying to get their attention, said Anne Gross, a director at the university's daycare center, which sits which sits next to the sports center. There were lots of people with cameras. So there's actually a video of this. It shows the man being trampled. Someone for whatever reason, I guess whoever was like around had been videoing this calf and the the mom moose. Mm-hmm the cow it's this little old man he's it looks like he's going oh in to work gosh. out mm-hmm. and he's just kind of shuffling up there's a lot of snow and ice so he's walking really carefully mm-hmm. and he's trying to walk kind of behind the moose it's like the door is right there in front of him and then the moose are to his left but then the calf moved and kind of went around and then he ended up cutting in between the two of them and i think he was just trying to quickly get by and the mom moose was like what and you can see her uh, kind of stick her head out and then just go right at him. and So just they start were blocking the
0: door to where he was going?
1: Yeah, they were kind of right in front of the door to where he was going. Oh man. And because the moose had been around on campus for a, a while mm-hmm. with this calf, you know, and they'd been eating and just kind of everyone was used to it. Mm-hmm. And there hadn't been any issues. And then this happened. This this poor old man, he, they, you know, they took him to the hospital and he, he ended up passing away from his injuries, just like a lot of internal bleeding. But yeah, the moose stomps on him and kicks him around and it's... um...
0: You know, I get it that people it's like everybody's filming everything on their phones and everything mm-hmm. but you know i don't want to see that stuff
1: no yeah and actually there was a lot of outrage that someone had taken this is 1995 right so this is like someone's video camera oh
0: shit i forgot 95, it's 95 yeah it's not yeah. even
1: you know and you That's can tell right. from the video that it's like a video camera right, right, right. um it, someone had been out there i i don't know if it was a news crew or something that someone was just filming these moose on the campus and this guy happened to be in the video.
0: Oh. And that's
1: how they have the video, yeah. Wow. There are some uh, uh, articles that kind of mention how people were outraged this video was shown on the news because they showed (laughs) it on like the 10 o'clock news or something. Oh, yeah, no. Of this guy and, you know, that's not nice. Um, I actually found all of this, the video and these uh, clippings from the Anchorage Daily News on a University of Alaska Anchorage professor's page. This person professor is Dr. Bruno M Caps or Capes K A P P E S so he is a psychotherapist who uh, at the time was a professor at University of Alaska Anchorage i think he still is mm-hmm. and like a couple days later he was walking to his class And the moose was there, right? Because nothing happened to the moose. After this man was trampled, they didn't do anything with the moose. They thought it was an isolated incident. This trauma counselor, I'm going to read this part from Sheila Toomey. Uh, This is another Daily News reporter. This is a clipping that he actually took a photo of and put on his page. So the trauma counselor uh, dashing coatless through the th- through the snow to his car was headed for an enlightening professional experience. So my bad, he was going from the school to his car. Okay. It just took him a while to see it that way. Professor Bruno Knapps, a psychotherapist specializing in stress, hurried around a building at the University of Alaska Anchorage last Friday and into the stress zone of a mother moose that had already killed one man. At that moment, just a few feet from the startled cow, Knapps' training didn't help much. I think my response was a normal normal panic response he said tuesday still sporting a couple of forehead gashes mm. from falling and crawling through the snow Now, looking back on the experience from the relative calm of an expert in the field, Naps can tick off the elements of his response and how they affected his behavior. He had already seen the moose attack on the news. Uh, KTUU TV was the station that aired the Mm -hmm. thing. And so he was already kind of like affected by that. And he talks about when he saw the moose, many people don't understand the power of these animals. As a result of witnessing that video, I knew when the ears went down and it stretched its head out at me, I knew it was preparing to launch towards me. Otherwise, I probably would have just said nice moose and tried to walk around it
0: oh
1: yeah they had talked about I guess on the airing of that video what the things are to look for Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so he saw that the moose reacted to him he turned around and ran as fast as he could in fact there was this campus police officer Richard Altman who saw what was going on and he said that naps actually jumped like 10 feet in the air And, and like as he was jumping, he like changed direction and just started booking it. He was
0: super scared. Yeah. He was
1: super scared. You know, I think back to the man who passed away, and that he was older gentleman, he didn't have the ability yeah, to turn away quickly mm-hmm. like this, you know, yeah. and Dr. Knapps is younger, definitely, I think, just looking at his picture and the older man's picture, he's more physically able to just run away. To run as fast as he can. Yeah. Altman said that it was like the professor was just shot out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so then he scrambled through the deep snow and he sought refuge he said behind a pitiful excuse for a shelter a tree only as big as a baseball bat he knew the tree. <laughs>
0: i know what i don't
1: know what he was thinking knew there's no
0: other trees you're in alaska right He knew the tree
1: wouldn't save him if the moose charged. He knew he couldn't outrun the animal. He said he was super uh, scared. He just kind of was frozen to the tree. He was more afraid of getting kicked in the head and not being able to continue to, like, retain his faculties. Right. Basically, that's what he was going through his mind. Uh, At this point, the officer Altman, he ran in between the moose and the professor, and drew his gun. I mean, I don't think... He says later, like, he wasn't planning on firing his gun, but that he did it just to kind of, like, keep himself focused on what was happening. Well, and he could fire a, a, a shot, shot like a warning shot maybe mm-hmm. to
0: scare it away
1: yeah yeah they are in like a public area so oh. I don't know if that was part of it yeah that could caps or cap is or I'm not sure <laughs> I'm so sorry um he actually crawled so Altman kind of stood there in between and then the professor crawled to safety this is where his expertise in post-traumatic stress helped I just said let yourself cry I just knew it was okay to let it out. I still <laughs> cry. More out of relief now.
0: Let it out. Just let it out. I thought he had cuts or scrapes on his head.
1: That was from him booking it through the snow. Oh. Like that Aww. was him like running away. I know. It wasn't even the moose. just yeah, so... imagine
0: watching that video. No, and yeah. then they probably, maybe they had a talk about it on it, campus. There were signs you know, like, all over campus. Everybody yeah. was like, okay, here's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Here's how you're going to handle it. And then you and can't get that close to it. Dude, cry it out.
1: Yeah, I think he had already, you know, kind of like prepared himself for that trauma. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the end of the article. Anyway, as Caps and any police officer or judge can attest to, eyewitnesses to frightening events often come away with different ideas about what happened. Scott Call, a wilderness instructor who witnessed part of the encounter last Friday, believes Caps was in, quote, minimal danger, and faults the professor for not being more careful in view of all the warnings issued about Moose on campus. Uh. So, Call is upset that the Moose... So, what had happened after this? So, this incident Happen, and then they decided to put the moose down. <gasps> yeah,
0: but what about the calf?
1: So, Call is this upset. Is how there's this- those
0: calves that are crying because they don't. Yeah, have a
1: and actually, in the case of this calf, I read that they presumed the calf died after the mom was killed. Like they didn't, you know, take the calf. They didn't. It just. They just left it to fend for itself. So that is very sad. And nothing happened to this professor.
0: But he... She did
1: charge at him. But but she also
0: killed the other guy.
1: She also killed the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it is that I think whoever's working in, like wilderness protection or whatever Mm -hmm. DLNR I don't know like they should come out they should have come out originally taken that moose like figured out a way to relocate her because just letting her roam around on the campus and like I said those students were kind of taunting her or wanting to interact with the moose or see if Mm -hmm. something happens and then this happened to the old man I feel like this all could have been prevented by a relocation I mean obviously part of the issue is that there are a lot of moose in Anchorage
0: right that's what I'm wondering it seems crazy to us, because we don't see them.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've read places where people consider them almost like a nuisance species mm-hmm. because they're like always around. You know, the other side to nuisance species is that you're living in their habitat or developing in their right, habitat. Right, right, right. Not that Alaska is super developed, but.
0: No, it is. Is it? I mean, I've never been up there. I would just places. imagine it is like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Call the, the guy, Scott Call, he's upset that the moose was destroyed as a result of its encounter with Caps. So Caps said that he was sorry that it was necessary that the moose was destroyed i'm glad he wasn't hurt call said but lack of watchfulness under those circumstances is like someone who knows it's icy out but quote drives as if it's summer it's negligent and cap says that kind of criticism is humiliating it feels like punishing a victim adding insult to injury which i have to say that like yeah i kind of agree with the professor Mm -hmm. that he was in this traumatic situation because scott call is a wilderness instructor Right. This is something he's used to. And the other, he guy, knows is about. A... The other guy is the other guy's a he's a psychotherapist.
0: Right. So he knows about feelings.
1: Uh, yeah. He did do kind of interesting research. Everyone should go and watch this video. It's like twelve minutes on this page of his, and he did a lecture on frostbite responses, like people's psychological responses to frostbite, cold injury. He worked with someone, I forget who it was. Anyway, they were looking at biofeedback therapy mm-hmm. um, and they, he was working with someone out of Providence Hospital. They went to Mount Denali. They interviewed people who had frostbite and different cold-related disorders. Anyway, and Walter Cronkite randomly happened to be there. What? And he mentions him in his talk. It's kind of funny. So I had mentioned that they did put the moose down. There's a little thing that I took from one of the articles it just says officers from the alaska department of fish and game decided to kill the moose because of quote evidence of ill disposition and the moose's carcass was salvaged for meat
0: I mean, I have a lot of mixed emotions about that. Yeah. At least it was used for meat. Yes. There's no mention of the calf. I don't think she had an ill disposition yeah. if she had a calf. That's a natural response. The, I, I agree with you. And I mean, we weren't there. Right. We don't know. Yes. But I'm just saying it would have been better to have moved her and her calf. Yes. Somewhere else. But maybe they just didn't have the means to do that. Or, you know. That's mm-hmm. true. So, yeah, it's possible
1: that they wouldn't have been able to sedate her enough mm-hmm. to move her. And then like, what if she just showed up again? Yeah, we know because nothing. they kind of know, you know, where they can get food and stuff like that.
0: A man did lose his life. There's so many sides to that. And mm-hmm. probably the people there that were there at the time, the state wildlife or whoever was Fish dealing with people. that would yeah. have been able to tell us exactly why they made that decision.
1: Right, right. But just a sad story. The older gentleman, uh, Mr. Ra, I think was his last name, family mm-hmm. name. And then this doctor hmm Just really kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that he was able to get away and he was okay. You right. Know? So unlike Alaska, you know, there are moose... All over the place. There are some places where moose are not all over the place, and they should be. Oh, yeah. So let's one about that. Yeah, one place is Minnesota. Minnesota. I knew you were gonna do
0: that because <laughs> I, and I knew it. you were gonna do it because I almost did it. <laughs> Sorry, all of you Minnesotans. Right. We can't help it.
1: So yeah, let's talk a little bit about a Min- the Minnesota moose. So I pulled this from one of the articles that I read about why moose are considered more dangerous than bears. Right. I talked about a little earlier. Mm-hmm. There's this. This woman who's doing a study in Minnesota. I don't have her first name down here but it, I her last name is Carstensen so we're going to go with we're going to assume she's a doctor. I don't know if she has a PhD or not but Miss Carstensen Or Or Dr. Karstensen. She's doing this study because in the mid-1980s, there were like 2,000 moose in the northwest of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But that number in just the past two decades has dropped to less than 200. So they're like, what is happening? Why are there so many less moose? Because they were hunted just like deer, the same reasons why we talk about hunting is good for population control, that kind of thing. Management. But then, Yeah, mm-hmm. management. But then all of a sudden, these moose were dying, and it wasn't related to the hunting. So they collared a bunch of moose. Uh, and then whenever the animal dies, they have it set up so that there's a notification on their phones and a location to where that moose died so they mm-hmm. can get to it within 24 hours because they want to do an autopsy as quickly as possible to figure out what is the cause of death. Mm-hmm. So one of the issues they're facing is that actually the transport of the animals, which maybe was part of... Of why they couldn't move the moose in Alaska? They're huge. They're huge, and they actually moved one to the lab once with like a helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> they had to like figure it out. Yeah, because they're in more remote areas, so they're having to like put them on the bed of a truck. But it's like it's got to be a big truck.
0: Well, and also if they're real remote, yeah, in it's, some areas, how they are you going to get, get it out of a there? Vehicle in there, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so the study is now two years old. They don't really have any clear answers yet, sadly. But Dr. Carstensen says in the health category, we've confirmed cases such as brain worm, severe winter tick infestations, bacterial infections from injuries and liver flukes, as well as undetermined health issues. What she said is we might end up determining overall that there is no smoking gun that points to just one factor that's driving this system. It may very well end up as a mix of causes related to health, predation, habitat, weather, and even climate change.
0: They're seeing an increase in those kind of illnesses like brainworms and other parasites. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if you can link that to climate change because warmer, of warmer, warmer weather. weather. Yeah. yeah. Something's happening with the usual ecology in the area. So this kind of brings us around to my organization
1: to support. Oh, I was kind of looking into how can we support these Minnesota moose. And the Nature Conservancy has a little information on how you can do that. Mm-hmm. There's a new number out. There's, their numbers have dropped by 60% in less than a decade. If this trend continues, biologists worry there could be no moose in Minnesota, even with, within the Arrowhead region, which is a longtime moose stronghold. I guess there's a lot of moose there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me think they have like a castle or something. so Some <laughs> the like they stronghold. have flags. Yeah researchers are are not certain exactly why moose numbers are down but they believe a mix of factors like i mentioned including climate change parasites and disease there is a collaborative that was formed it is called the minnesota moose habitat collaborative and this is to help moose recover it's a diverse group of federal state county tribal and conservation groups formed all together for this habitat collaborative they are working on improving habitat in moose territory and it is led by the minnesota deer hunters association you know i feel like we've talked a lot about hunting hmm It comes up a lot that hunting for the sake of like sport and not necessarily for using the meat or not in a management way. We're not behind that period. Period. But hunting in sustainable ways, working on conservation. I went to their website, Minnesota Deer Hunters Association. It looks legit that they really focus on conservation. They try to educate Mm -hmm. hunters to be partnering with the Nature Conservancy says a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. You know,
1: they also partner with a lot of other folks. There's the 18 1854 Treaty Authority, Cook County, Fond du Lac Band of Lake Superior, Chippewa, Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, St. Louis County, Ruffled Grouse Society, The Nature Conservancy in Minnesota, University of Minnesota Duluth, and the U.S. Forest Service. So right now they are improving 8,500 acres of publicly owned forest land within northern Minnesota, and that has been identified as prime habitat for moose by moose experts. Wow. Yeah, obviously you can donate to the Nature Conservancy and I guess like tag it for this. Mm -hmm. But you can donate directly to the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association to help them Work on these initiatives in terms of education and conservation of the species.
0: Wow, that sounds good. Yeah, and That's you can find one. them.
1: Yeah, you can find them at mndeerhunters.com cool. They do. They do currently have a raffle for like a Ford F one fifty or something <laughs> so on their sweet. front page, and I am like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, the dude. They do need big you vehicles. Need, you for, need a big vehicle Yeah, to get around. And m- maybe they'll donate a vehicle to this the researcher doing uh, Dr. Carstensen. Yeah. I mean, I almost want to write them and be like, hey, do you know this lady? Yeah. You guys give, should
0: give her a truck. Give her a Ford F-150. Yeah. And I'm kind of... We should... Is, we? Oh, it's a 350?
1: I I, well, I don't know. I can't... I remember... Oh, but just... Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm going to... It's a Chevy. <gasps> It's a Chevy that they're giving away. Anyway. Yeah. Some Ford people, Chevy people angry with me.
0: Well, anyway, give her a big truck so she can finish her research and yeah. we can get some answers because that's that's a drastic decline in the population. Mm-hmm. Wow. True that. So that is my story for this week. Interesting story. Yes. I really enjoyed it. And you're going to ask me what would be in my emergency preparedness I kit. Am. What
1: would it be, Jen?
0: You know, those like uh, portable showers? Or changing stations. Yes. Yeah, something like that. I just want to camouflage one that you can just like <laughs> pop over yourself. Yeah. Or some sort of invisible cloak or something, <laughs> just disappear. <laughs> just disappear. And the just make be yourself like, Wait, disappear, and they'd be like, "What? What just happened?" As they're staring at you, hat when they're like stopping, holding their, their s- sandwich, holding their sandwich, and then all of a sudden you just disappear.
1: Yeah, I like it. So an invisibility cloak slash tent.
0: Well, yeah. What are those things called? You know, you can go in a, well, like a, a
1: shower or change. I do know that hunters have blinds. Like, yes. You, like a blind. Yeah. Oh. They can be on the ground. But aren't or those the trees. ones? Oh,
0: OK. You can use you them can on the do, ground.
1: You can, yeah, you can use them on the ground. Yeah. I, I would just want something that hunting. would
0: be like an instant, like a pop-up tent. Right. Like you just throw it. You just throw it and, and, it, like, and it, it lands on top of
1: you. Yeah. And it's a camo thing oh, yeah. and you just no. blend in. Like a magic sheet that you just like throw up. You know when you see people do those videos with their dogs dogs. yeah you just throw it
0: up and then you run behind a tree (laughs) yeah and then the moose is like what the hell what
1: I just keep imagining that professor standing behind a thin. It's probably like a sapling, a
0: baseball bat size,
1: baseball bat size, sapling.
0: Yeah, with probably not a lot of vegetation or it's like it's leaves. On or, a
1: uni- I can imagine it in my mind. It's on a university yeah, campus. Yeah, it's small. Like the landscaping guys put it out too late in the you know yeah. in the summer or like fall or whatever they and tried he's to plant it. Behind it. Yeah,
0: because I really like the idea of the video that Mm -hmm. we posted that our listener sent that was like, he just went inside the shed. He's like, I'm just gonna go in the shed. He's like, I'm just he just kind of like, whoop, right inside. And I feel like that is what you need is some something to hide inside, right? A pop up camouflage hidey tent. Yeah, I feel like TM on that definitely yeah. i mean i might invent that you could it would fold up real small
1: yeah like your visor thing oh, yeah for so you like just, your when sun you whip visor it out, it just like it yeah. flies
0: yeah it's instant Pop. yeah my mom it. cannot put those back together she has something in her brain that stops her from being able to fold them back up.
1: there has to be a word for that for people who can't fold up foldable things like that yes because it it, i have seen people really struggle and i'm like it's just like a figure eight you just
0: figure eight it yeah and they're like nope it's kind of a running joke with me and my mom that's amazing yeah she cannot i love her okay all right Thank you for the story, Megan. It was amazing. There was a couple of things I wanted to mention before we go. Our friend Victoria in Montana. Victoria. We watch her YouTube podcast and she has always has her cat, Jesse. Yes. Hanging out like just the, her black cat. Her black cat. Yeah. Just like is there.
1: I like when he gets up in the camera. Yes. And he's all just like tail and she's like
0: giggling. So She sent us <laughs> some other pictures. She actually has three cats. Felix, Frankie and Jesse. Although Jesse's like the star of the show. Yes. And then her dog Larky. So cute. Who she said is like, he's half a uh, Corgi. I'm not looking at her message right now. Half Corgi and half something big. <laughs> so it's <laughs> kind of, he's real cute. Thanks for sending those. Yeah. We love it. On that
1: same thread, I'm just going to give a real quick shout out. So this came from a listener. His name is Jimmy. And he sent us two pictures of these two cats, Mer- Mercury and Snow, which you had had a cat named Mer- Mercury. I did have in
0: college. I had a cat named Mercury
1: it was really cute because he was like, "So those pets aren't actually mine; they're my girlfriend's. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't listen to any podcast. She's not on social media or anything like that. But he really wants her to listen to our podcast, and so we'd like to give you a real quick shout out so that you'll listen, Geraldine. Oh, yeah. yeah, get do on, it, Geraldine,
0: get on that wagon. But don't get on the social media. It's okay. Don't do. Yeah, that's I have a fun. lot of respect for my friends who aren't on social media. Yeah, and I'm not good at it either. I'm kind of. It's also irritating because I want to right contact them easily or but send them funny you, stuff and you, you can't. can't. Yeah. yeah
1: So but Geraldine, you should listen. We would love it if you did. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I know that Jimmy said he was uh that he gave us a five star Apple review and so we are sending you guys stickers in the mail. Yep. Along with all the stickers that Jen is sending this month. So. Yes.
0: I have a list. You're all getting them. Thanks for everyone who did give a five-star review. We appreciate that. There's some other ways you can support our podcast. This is true. You could do that by becoming a Patreon, and you get all kinds of bonus episodes. Fun
1: stuff. You can go to our sponsor page and support any of our eco-friendly sponsors. Lastly, we wanted to say if you have any story ideas, you just want to say hi, or you want to send pics of all of your floofs, email us at you're going to die out there at com. Use our contact form on the website or DM us on Instagram. Yes. And one of us will write you back. One of, if you write to Instagram, I will write you back, but Jen will actually read it later. I will and be and like,
0: what? Why was she writing that? Because it's three in the morning. And if you write to us on the website, leave your email so I can write you back. All right. Thanks again, Megan. You are very welcome. Until next time. Don't die out there. Bye. 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 when they're 500 pounds and 12 feet long and in floodwaters and attacking adult humans who are just trying to like (whistles) who is calling you we're back oh Uh, it was a wrong number